Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, 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 my wonderful listeners. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. And welcome to episode 51 of Stay Grounded. Oh, man, uh, super excited for this particular episode because uh, this one was absolutely winged, as all of them are. But in particular, I was in New York for an event uh, attending uh, a dear friend's uh, book launch party. And I saw this human being today, which I will introduce in a second, perform a freestyled spoken word poem on the stage when he has never done it before. And he just dove in and performed. And he shared words that touched my soul in a way that I I can't really explain. And so I immediately went up to him, gave him a hug. And we started chatting and then realized that uh, both of us had podcasts and both of us had to be on each other's podcasts. And so that's how this happened. The next day we met up and we recorded this live right underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. So if you guys hear a bunch of um, train tracks and train noises, that's why. Uh, But uh, anyways, I want to introduce a new and dear friend, a new dear friend of mine, Mr. Adam Roa. So Adam... Like I said, he is a spoken word poet. He is a uh, he is a he's a filmmaker. He's a keynote speaker. He's a podcast host. He's he's a he's been a coach in the past. Uh, he's just an all around authentic human being who just lives uh, with such a zest for experiencing life. And I think that's what inspired me most about Adam. I mean, he literally went on stage. And just, he's never, ever, ever done poetry live where he just didn't know what he was going to talk about. He just went up there and started talking. And for him to do that and dance with fear in that way, and then all of a sudden embrace the fear and let that channel its own work of art was so inspiring for me. Because I think that's really what makes us human being when we, when we put ourselves in that, in that, in that environment where we're pushed and, and, we're, we're almost tying, like, almost like tiptoeing that line of fear and excitement. And when we start to tiptoe that line of fear and excitement, you get to this point where they both start to blend together to create this incredible energy that allows you to create from a place that you've never created before. And that's what I saw Adam do. And it was amazing. And, um, but to give you a little context around Adam, I mean, Adam has been through rock bottom and back from, from losing everything monetarily uh, his, his, he's, he's experienced ego death, which we talk a lot about on the episode and, and really what it means to sort of like think you're doing everything and then just surrendering to the world. I mean, he's been through it all. And it was so amazing for me to just go down the rabbit hole of somebody that, you know, I was so relatively new to meeting. And then all of a sudden we sat down, we were just saying yes to just about everything. We sat down and then we, we recorded back to back episodes. He recorded, um, my episode uh, on his podcast right before I recorded this one for mine. 
uh, podcast. So they were done back to back, which created had so much playful energy. And ah, man, this one was so much fun for me to do. And I mean, <sighs> taking a deep breath because I just want to slow down. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting really excited just about the episode in general because the stuff that we talk about on this episode of Stay Grounded is fundamental and so core to the idea of what it means to stay grounded and what it means to embrace every part of your life. You know, Adam went through, um, he was in a nine-year monogamous relationship and everything was going beautifully well. And in that, even though everything was going beautifully well, he decided to end the relationship. And so did his partner. They both realized that even though things were going beautifully well, this wasn't the level of growth and and this wasn't the, the the level of they had the awareness to realize this wasn't the level of growth that they wanted and there was something bigger for both of them to experience and so they broke up and what adam ended up doing is with all that raw creative energy he ended up actually starting a youtube show called the art of choosing love which essentially talks about the entire breakup from start to finish i mean everything he filmed the entire breakup I mean, like that is just so was so inspiring for me. One because that's a that's something that most people shy away from. Either most people are shifting blame, or most people just aren't leaning into the pain. They want to numb it. They want to go around. They want to do different things. And Adam just decided to step into the pain, experience it, take it on fully, and then and then show everybody what that looks like. And I thought that was so inspiring. And one of the many things that I love about Adam. Um, so. I highly recommend checking out his YouTube show, The Art of Choosing Love. Uh, you can go check out Adam on his podcast, which I, uh, which is is amazing, The Deep Dive. And I'm on there as well. So we're trying to time the releases of our episodes. I think I might be releasing mine a couple of days after his. And so go and check out uh, my episode on The Deep Dive and really see us go down the rabbit hole there. And yeah, and and just go experience Adam, adamroa.com. Um, you can find them on all the social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have all these in the show notes, but just go and go and experience this, man. And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode uh, because we were we were playing with so much amazing energy, especially in New York City, being under the Brooklyn Bridge and having all that, uh, all that, all that, the train tracks and everything. It was just, it was amazing uh, recording this one. So um, I'm personally inspired by the man and I hope you guys are too. So anyways, enjoy. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to I, to Stay Grounded on iTunes, on any of the mediums you choose to listen to. Um, leave us a review. Join the Stay Grounded community, rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. Join in on the post-podcast discussions and join the, the like-minded community of people who are just trying to live and create an inspiring life. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did recording it. Uh, but without further ado, here is the brilliant and inspiring and authentically Amazing, Adam Rowan. Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and I am sitting here with a relatively new friend of mine um, in person in Brooklyn, New York. And so if you hear trains passing by, that is a true and authentic New York experience <laughs> that you are getting via audio. Um, but Adam, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing really good, brother. I'm, I'm excited that we're getting a chance to connect in this way. It's, I, I know as a podcast host how much I love podcast conversations. And so uh, it's, almost like, it's almost like dating in a way. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's get to know each other, like really. 
So thanks for having me. It's a beautiful medium. I have a lot of friends in my life that, uh, you know, I have a lot of surface level conversations in, or in passing. We might talk about one concept or another, but when I get a chance to actually sit down with a friend and have a focused conversation around what makes them them, it always lights me up. So I'm just so excited to dive into the deep, uh, deep, deep end of what makes you you, man. Yeah, me too, brother. It's a pleasure. Cool. So I'm going to dive right in. I already introed you um, in all of your glory uh, prior to the episode. But one of the things that fascinates me most about you is how truly, um, how you just dive in to to things that most people would would shudder and shy away from like we were talking about how uh you ended a nine-year monogamous relationship and immediately you shared the feelings you had with the world um why do you think it's important to talk about the things that 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 why is it why do you think it's important to capture moments of yourself that are so vulnerable in that way Ooh, that <laughs> that's a really great question, man. And um, just so listeners have uh, context, uh, you're referring to the YouTube show, The Art of Choosing Love, and um, the fact that after ending a nine-and-a-half-year relationship, mutually, I started filming everything. Uh, and the reason is because I recognize the power of media, first of all. I think that... Um, media and technology has the the ability to change the world through art and and expression so that's kind of foundational around it and i also recognize that in today's day and age i feel like there's not an archetypal reference point for what it means to be a a awakening human being in 2018 Mm. i believe that um, you have these archetypes. If you think about, okay, just based on movies and TV and whatever, what does it mean to be um, uh, a screw-up? What does it mean to be a success? What does it mean to be the rebel? What does it mean to be... Like, we have these archetypes, right? That we're like, oh, I can think of a movie where this person plays this. And in, in traditional screenwriting, because I have a background in film, you'll have, like okay, we need this archetype filled by a character here, yeah. right? And it's hard being human in 2018 right now. <laughs> like, there's some complicated stuff that is a part of this. Social media has thrown a huge loop. The internet in itself has been a massive... Like, the internet happened in our lifetime, yeah. right? Like, that's a, that's a wild thing, and it's completely changed social dynamics. And... What we don't have is right right now on this planet. What we do have is an awakening. There is there is a there is an elevation of frequency on this planet that I believe is happening, where people are saying there's a different way of doing this, and people are reconnecting to their like intrinsic connection to each other and to this planet. And I think that that's happening. And how what that looks like? What does it look like to choose love? Mm. What does that actually look like? What's the archetype Especially that we're looking at? Especially when it's Because choosing love is not simple. No. It's not always clear. Is breaking up with the woman that I was I wanted to have a babies with and spend the rest of my life with, is that the loving choice? 
it wound up being the thing that we both felt was the loving thing to do. We were choosing love for ourselves and for the other person by honoring our own individual missions and leaving a relationship where everything was great because we both felt a calling to do something else. That is such an important distinction, and I want to talk about that for a minute because you left something that was seemingly beautiful, and most people, when things are going really well, they seem to think that that is the answer. Like the answer to life is when things go really well. Mm -hmm. How did you make that distinction to then say, all right, something's going really well, but this isn't right. Like you, you felt something mm -hmm. that told you, even though something was going really well, it wasn't right, which is so rare. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you about that because I think that, I, I mean, I've, I've never met somebody who's been able to make a decision like that actually. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and, and I'm recognizing how rare it is based on the messages that I've been getting. Yeah. The messages, and, and people love to project onto my experience. Like, they're, like it's a very clear reflection for them. Uh, because, one, so many people have been saying, I've been feeling this in my relationship, and I don't know how to, like, move what to do. And then I have other people who are telling me that, like, I'm stupid and I'll be back with her in no time. And like, I'll realize what a dumb decision and why would I ever throw something away? Yeah. Right. And there's, there's a couple aspects to this. One is when we're evaluating decisions, we can only ever evaluate what we can lose. Like it's, it's literally when we're talking about these sorts of decisions, it's impossible for me to understand what I could gain on the other side. Mm, yeah. There's no way for me to quantify that because it's, it's literally in a space that is uncharted territory. I have no idea what's over there. When Columbus sailed across, like we have no idea what's over there. And here I am only able to see, I might lose the love of my life. The visions I have of having babies and a family, what if I never meet someone that I wanna do that with ever again? Like I can go into that spiral of what I have now that, w that I am, I'm choosing to walk away from. And so that's a huge factor in the decision-making. And just being aware that that's how the brain works is helpful. It's like, okay, look at me just focusing on all the stuff that I can lose. There's a space in my system that I can feel of what's on the other side that's available. And this is to more directly answer your question where intuition comes in. Mm. And I live my life through intuition. And intuition, for, for those of you listening, is simply just the, like, that, that gut instinct, that, yeah. that voice in your head, the higher self. And it can be tricky because where does intuition start and where does the just, like, habitual patterns of ego start? Like, what's the differentiating factor to that? And what I'll say is that intuition is a skill. Okay. Intuition is a skill, and you can hone it. How do you Just do like that? anything else. Well, um, so like that's, this is, this is probably the, when I start working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, this is within the first month, a huge part of the training protocol of what I call taking someone to wizard school because th there's a part of us that exists beyond time. There's a part of us that, that has the, the, these knowings, these inherent feelings in our system, these gut instincts, this higher self talking to us that is so far beyond our human comprehension. And that in your system, the body, your body 
is the navigation. It's the compass. Mm. And so uh, the language with, with, with which we communicate with the universe is emotion. That's, that's the translation point. The universe, when you're saying, I want to manifest this, this house and, and this million dollars and this relationship, great. The, you could say all those things, but that's for you. What's really going on is that those things and the idea of having those things cause you to feel something, and the feeling that you have becomes a magnetic resonance that the universe understands and sends you more of. Oh, wow. That's a really powerful shift. So now you're saying that those feelings of love, gratitude, abundance are what actually attract love, gratitude, and abundance in your life. Yeah, because like attracts like. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so when you walk out into the world and you're having a bad day, everything seems to go wrong. Right? That person was rude to you. The barista at Starbucks is really upset, which is why you should have bought Java Press anyway. And so, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, you have these experiences and it's, people are cutting you off or whatever. And when you have those days where you're walking and you're like floating on clouds, like, everyone seems so lovely. We, I'm, I'm huge in, what did someone say to me the other day? They're like, you, you provide the common sense of magic. Mm. That's, a hu- that's a thing that I love to do. And so how I can tie this into the practical, logical, is that right now your brain is filtering in through your conscious mind of 120 bits of information or whatever it is. And yet there are millions of bits of information that are being processed by your unconscious right now that are being filtered out. They're being filtered out because your unconscious is making the decision that it's not relevant and therefore shouldn't be a part of your conscious experience. When you walk through the world with intentionality, when you walk through the world choosing love, your unconscious mind, as that becomes a habit, starts to say, oh, things that are not in resonance with that love frequency are not relevant to the experience and they will be filtered out. You literally will not consciously experience them, even if they might be happening. Let me ask you something. So you're going, I mean... I just went deep into a tangent. No, no, it's beautiful. No, I love love the rabbit hole, so I'm never going to stop that. Um, but I, I want to, so you ended your relationship three and a half months ago, roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. You can't say that everything has been like happy. <laughs> no. no, right? It no. can't be. That, that'd be impossible. No. You wouldn't be human if that experience happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about the distinction between love and pain. Mm. Uh, because I think that you might be experiencing pain, but you're choosing to view it through the lens of love. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that idea because I think that you said something really strong for me, which was your emotional states are what attract love. And even if you're going through struggle, hardship, pain, um, how do you, how do you, how do you, what is your relationship with pain? I think that to create the distinction between love and pain is really to create the distinction between pain and suffering. Yeah. Because pain is beautiful. Like pain is pain. You can learn so much from pain. You uh, you can. Joseph Campbell has a quote, which is, "Bliss is a feeling fully felt. Mm. Any feeling, and that's why when you allow yourself to cry, like really, like I've had lots of these in the last three and a half months. Yesterday, before the show, before the the event that we met at." I had some tears. I, I was having a tough, tough experience. And I cried. And when you cry to the point where you like give yourself like the permission to let it go, 
by the end of that cry, even if you could cry some more, but when you stop, you feel lighter. Yeah. You feel better because what you're doing by allowing yourself to truly sit in the pain or the discomfort is an act of self-love. So even the act of crying by giving yourself permission to do it, you're loving yourself. Surrendering. And so you're allowing, and what happens is that emotion is moving out of the system, and because energy cannot be created or destroyed, and you are an ever-evolving just swirl of energy, as the energy of that, that energy in motion, as that emotion leaves your system, there's a vacuum that's created. Yeah. And that space is going to be filled by another energy. And because you gave yourself permission to cry, and you're like, I'm going to do this now, what happens is the energy that comes in now is love because that's what you did in order to move the energy out. It's almost like surrendering is love. Surrendering definitely can be an act of love, 100%. When can it not be? I think that uh, surrendering, when people hear surrender and think give up, that's not, that's when I say it, it probably wouldn't be because what you're doing when you surrender, instead of give up, what I see surrender, I recognize that when you surrender the way that you're describing it, what you're truly doing is trusting. Yeah. What you're actually, because you're surrendering into something. And so you're actually choosing to trust more. You're choosing to say, as I cry this out, I trust that there's something beautiful on the other side. That's why I'm allowing myself to do it. And, and so many people don't because they're worried that if they open that channel up, they don't trust what's going to happen. They don't trust what's on the other side of all the pain that they have bottled up. And so that is what surrender is to me and why it's an act of self-love. I think it's beautiful. We had this amazing conversation about trust earlier. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked about trust with, with different people. And has that that's the currency for living a fulfilling life. I love the idea of almost having trust in yourself to allow yourself to feel the pain, to feel the growth, to feel the energy in motion, so that so that you can be filled with something better. Mm-hmm. Like that's a it's a pure act of trust. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like trust is the glue, or the currency, or the life, or the blood. It's 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 just this trust is almost like this energy form that permeates all beings Mm. uh, that can just create anything and everything you want. And so I want to ask you, how do you cultivate trust in self? Mm. Can I, I want to make sure I answer the last question in case anyone was thinking, because I mentioned the difference between pain and suffering. Yes. Suffering is resistance to the pain. Yes. So if you feel that pain and you say, I, I shouldn't be feeling this. My ex just slept with someone else, which by the way is an episode of the show where she called me to tell me that she slept with someone else and I immediately after getting off the phone said, guys, get the camera and we filmed my process around that. God, man. The, the literal resistance to that saying, I shouldn't be feeling pain right now. I should be, I should be happy all the time. I shouldn't, um, this shouldn't be happening to me. It is happening to you. The resistance to that creates suffering. If you feel like a victim, allow yourself to feel like a victim knowing that it doesn't define you. You are not a victim. But you feel like a victim right now? Great. Cry it out. Yell it. Scream it. Feel like the victim so that you can arrive back to the truth of knowing you're not. Oh, my God. That's, that takes so much courage. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It 100% does. And that's why it's so important for us. And this gets to, the, I think, the next question is how do you cultivate that trust? 
And you cultivate that trust through continual experience of courage and, and taking the action based on that courage to trust and seeing how it works out. Because here's the thing, we have so many role models in our society. You are one of those people. I am one of those people. And there's so many other people out there that you can look to and say, wow, what are they saying? They're all saying the same thing. Have the courage, face that fear, face that feeling in your system and choose love for yourself. Allow yourself to feel you're safe, you can do it, and we all, as role models, are doing it too. If, if I was sitting here telling you I never doubt myself, I'd be lying out my ass. Like, th there is so many times where I go, I have no idea if, if this is going to work out yeah. the way that I want it to. I have no idea, but... I trust, I trust, and where I go for that trust is my intuition. Because as I've learned to honor that feeling more and more and more, my life has become more beautiful, more abundant, more fun. My relationships have gotten deeper. I've gotten to experience more of life. I feel like there is not one decision that, was, that I was afraid of making that, I, that my intuition was telling me, this is, this is your path, honor this, go do this. There's not a single decision I can point to that I regret. There's every single one of them, and I can list them. Every single one of them, I could list a portion of them, but <laughs> every single one of those decisions, I could say, this is what I gained. This is how life became more beautiful. And now that has become a habit. That's, That's ingrained. Yeah. You're, you're making a choice to take all of this and put that lens on it, uh, which comes back to a sense of ownership I think you're taking, mm. um, which, I mean, and, and there's a whole conversation we can have around ownership in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you're owning this experience, the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, so, so is everyone. Exactly. Even if you're, not, if you're choosing not to trust, you're owning your experience. Well, that, most people wouldn't own it. They, they, they just don't know they're owning it. Yes. Right? That's the distinction. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they don't know that, like, they, they're, they're, they're manifesting. All these things are happening in their lives. And they're saying that, oh, man, this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is this is happening for me. I'm, and there, there's a couple distinctions. So there's everything is happening for me. Uh, one, of, one of the beautiful distinctions, and I can't remember. My friends say this all the time. So there, it's happening to me. It's happening for me. It's happening through me, mm. it's happening as me. Wow. This progression that, that we go through in, the, in these stages of consciousness even, where we recognize that I, like, I don't believe in any separation between God and you. You are God incarnate sitting in front of me, right? And we are reflecting that to each other. And so this creation of reality that's happening is happening because I'm choosing this experience. And that can be incredibly triggering, especially I grew up in the Catholic Church. And um, when I started speaking from that lens of you are God, I am God, we are God, because God is in and of everything. Whatever God is to you, because I, I don't practice any particular religion. I have a spiritual beliefs around the, the, the fabric of the universe. Yeah the energy that will be here long after you die, that will continue on, that is God to me. And 
I think that we are the creators of our reality, meaning that if you decide that you that manifestation is not real, it's not real. Yep. It will not work for you. Wonderful. Awesome. And you manifested that reality for yourself. If you want to believe that you are the victim to your circumstances, there's nothing you could do to change it. You are going to be in, in poverty. You are going to be taken advantage of. That's just your reality. That's just life. That is going to show up in your experience and yep. confirm to you that that is life. It Congratulations. the story you've been telling yourself. 100%. And so if we recognize that manifestation, the creating of our reality, the, the playing God of what life is, is simply a matter of the choices of the lens that we wear. And because of the lens that we wear, that will lead to the choices that we make in our day-to-day. But literally, the choice of the lens that we wear determines the life that we lead and the reality that we see show up. Why not choose one that where you get to be a superhero? Oh, God, man. You are speaking my language right now. <laughs> you know, I've always believed that even from a visualization and manifestation standpoint, it's hard to visualize and manifest a result because there's so many ever-changing variables that happen in the world. Um, but you can visualize the person you are who experiences that result and be that today. And that's a lens. That's a lens. You can choose to show up with gratitude, with happiness, with the core values of your future self and adopt that now and then become the person that's capable of creating and manifesting and having that life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that lens, you can't create. You know, if you have that victim lens and if you don't have that lens of what am I going to have in the future, if you don't take the time to actually look out and experience that from your body through the emotional states that make you that person, you can't break that victim cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. was the first time where you actually broke the victim cycle in your life? The first time I ever broke the victim cycle in my life. Um, well, there's... There's a couple there's a couple moments in my life that really stand out as huge turning points. And I think cuz breaking the victim cycle to me is is when we say victim it's it's like oh, this is happening to me, right? And um there's moments that I still have that. And so but those moments become less and less. They're more fleeting yeah. even when they show up. And I my father's from the Philippines, immigrant mentality, work hard. Like I came to this country with nothing and gave you everything. So you should be able to conquer the world kind of thing. And so my, my barometer for being worthy of love was based on accomplishment and achievement. Yeah. And I was, I entered high school. I weighed 73 pounds. I was five feet tall and I was a freshman in high school. And I had that huge Napoleon complex of like, okay, I need to prove my worth. Yeah. Right? And I did in every way imaginable, right? The elected to student body council, elected the president of, of clubs, varsity sports. I won homecoming king my senior year, which is the popularity contest, which was like the holy grail for me at the time. Like, oh, yeah, think of all those movies. Like, you, all the girls want this person, and, like, the, the, everyone loves the homecoming king. I woke up the next day and went, what? I feel exactly the same. Actually, I feel worse because now I don't have, like, a holy grail mountaintop that I'm marching towards. Mm. 
I literally achieved it and I'm sitting here like, now what? I still feel lack of self-worth. I feel still feel angry about things. Like, what, what's to do now? And that moment, I am blessed, and this might be either nature or nurture, but I said, what if I continue to do what everyone's telling me to do and at the age of 45 have this exact feeling of I, I got the million dollars, I got the house, I got the wife, and now what? And started asking the questions. And those questions are the first step in my mind of, of owning I'm not a victim by saying, okay, maybe there's a way that I can do something different. Yeah. Right? That's, the, that's the first level of ownership. Maybe there's something I can do differently. And then in truth, uh, so what that led to was me moving out to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. And, and because it was the, it was like my passion, I was going to follow my heart. Yeah. It, acting became the thing that like my self-worth fluctuated. If I didn't, if I did a good job, if I got the part, if I didn't get the part and it led to after six years, no, like four years of, of that, having the like the most difficult year of my life and go into a really dark place of what now like i'm i'm desperate and it culminated in someone ran a stop sign and t-boned me and i needed hip surgery i was having migraines for weeks oh, a wow, week later dude. because i'd had a, a shady business manager who took all of my money literally i had to print out my bank account statement give every dollar i had in order to get out of the contract so i had after four years of struggling as an actor i had zero dollars in my bank account i my car was totaled. I had migraines. I was walking around with a limp. A week later, because I had to work, I was a personal trainer at the time, I had to work because I had no money. I was in this gym, loud music playing, with a migraine, training people because I needed the money. I walk out to the street. My rental car had been hit and run on the side of the road and demolished, like the front bumper completely off as undrivable, which was going to ultimately cost me a $500 deductible. The same, like the same day, one week later, same time. And my brain broke. I had that moment you see in movies where like the person's just staring straight ahead and you're wah, wah, wah. And just like, I couldn't, I couldn't even operate. Mm -hmm. I was like a zombie for the next like two hours. And I, that breaking was the first experience of ego death. Of what actually happened is my ego died to the point of, I said, I don't think I have life figured out the way I thought I did. Oh, wow, dude. I thought I had this thing figured out. Yeah. Everything's come easily to me, scholarship to college, like all the things. And I was like, okay, I thought I had life figured out and I don't. And that crack in my armor, that ego armor, that crack allowed me to say, what might be available here? And that led to me having a spiritual awakening that has transformed my life and has been the thing that I now support people in, right? Is in understanding that there is something else. I know there's something else. There's a different way of living. There's a different way of creating. There's a different way of manifesting. There's a different way of viewing reality than what people believe is there. We are living in the matrix. There is a pill that you take that gets you out of the matrix in terms of a lens that you can view the world and understand it through. And I know that because I've walked it. I yeah. didn't come into this world as a spiritual hippie who believed any of this. 
And now I've seen my life just expand. And those moments, those kind of two critical moments have been, I think, the major turning points. And then the victim mentality fades as I continue to choose more and more of my own creatorship. Creatorship. Let's talk about that because creatorship to me feels like you're taking ownership, one. First thing is you're taking ownership for who you are. Mm-hmm. And the second one is taking a responsibility to share who you are. Why do you think that it's important for us to share who we are in order to find who we are? That's a really great way of wording that, by the way. Um, very poetic. I have my moments. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, the reason why it's important is because your reality is a feedback mechanism that is reflecting back to you what is going on internally. Right? We've, ta- we've hinted at the, that and talked about it, like what you put out is what you'll get back. But your, your reality, you showing up and sitting in front of me is, and your level of impact that you're making, the, the, the ritual that you bring to something, the mission that you're on is a reflection of who I am, that we're sitting here, Yeah. right? And this understanding of this feedback mechanism means that the more authentically you show up in it, the more the feedback mechanism actually touches deeper and deeper parts of yourself, more aspects of you. If you show up to life 50%, you're going to get 50% feedback. Yeah. It's going to be like viewing the world and getting your feedback through like telephone, the yeah. game of telephone. It's like kind of distorted from what it could be. If you show up to life 100% and you're showing your heart and you're like, this is me, full, raw, bared out, okay, great. The feedback you're going to get is 100%. It's going to be a clear, full-body mirror instead of just this little, like, like, tiny shaving mirror, travel mirror, right? So how much of a reflection do you want? Well, how is much- it important to want? Like, like, why is it important to see the full reflection? Because awareness gives us choice. And choice leads to change. This is one of the things that I say over and over again because people get confused about it. They go to the Tony Robbins event or they go to this, uh, this take this workshop where they sit in the ayahuasca circle or whatever it is and they have a new awareness about something about themselves that they just learned and they think that they're changed. They're not, you're not changed. You have awareness which gives you choice and the choices will lead to change when you make different choices. And so with that full body mirror, you're able to say, oh, wow, I, don't, I got a reflection about the pants that I'm wearing or the shoes that I'm wearing, which are aspects of our personality, let's say. That's the metaphor that I'm using. And you go, wow, I, I want to change those. I, I don't think these shoes match these pants. I don't think these pants match this hat. But if you have this tiny little sliver of a mirror because you're not allowing more of yourself to show up and so you're only getting a partial reflection, you can't even tell. You don't have the full picture. And so when you have that full body reflection, you have more awareness of yourself and therefore you have more choice available to yourself and therefore you can make change at a faster, more rapid and deeper level. Dude, and that's... (laughs) It's, it's so empowering to know that something as amazing as discovering more of yourself gives you that capacity, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that we try so much to 
be like the world wants us to be or to fit a mold that the world creates. But the more you go down this journey of discovering who you really are, the more you realize that you have many more realities that you can create. Um, how does that show up in your own life? And as you've developed the awareness, I mean, you make choices that are so bold and, 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 and so, I mean, authentically you. Like you're following that intuition in your own soul. How have you seen that experience create different realities that you get to choose? Well, I think that the when we talk about elevating consciousness on this planet, which is like like a buzzword now, consciousness, yeah. right? Replace the word consciousness with awareness. Yeah. It's like moving it from the unconscious into my conscious awareness. The things that you're aware of, you get to make conscious choice about, right? So as you're aware of, I'm going to eat breakfast, I'm going to get dressed, I'm going to go to the store and pick groceries out, I'm going to, the things you're consciously aware of, you have choice around. As you elevate your consciousness, as you expand your awareness, every area that you expand into more, you have more conscious choice available to you. The more conscious choice you have, the more opportunity you have to choose things that elevate your vibration, bring more love into your being, which plays into now the pattern of as you walk through the world, the higher the frequency you're exuding out is the frequency you're gonna get back. So literally it's this puzzle and um, this, this conversation is fantastic because we've literally been outlining a lot of this structure, this framework for yeah. how reality is being created and how through very practical means of what we're talking about, by simply expanding your awareness consciously, you are now able to make the choices that bring more, that exude more love from you. And because of how the universe works, it's going to bring that back to you. And it, it creates this feedback loop where you're like, whoa, I woke up. I was feeling like a little under the weather, whatever. I've had two amazing conversations with you on these different podcasts and I'm feeling charged up. I'm excited because I think on, on my podcast that we just did, I was talking about I'm committed to sending voice, a voice note today and I'm excited yeah. to do that. I don't know who I'm going to send that to. A, just a gratitude acknowledgement thing. That's actually li like my day is so much better because of our interaction, yeah. right? That interaction is the result of all of the choices that had been made by each of us to arrive at the event last night to make your decision you said of like, I wanna acknowledge this person for the bravery that he showed, I'm gonna give him a hug, great. And me saying, I wanna acknowledge this person for the energy that he's bringing to me right now. Like, I think that's what I said to you, right? I was yeah. like, I just really like your energy, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, I don't know anything about you, but I really appreciate your energy. And like, that, that stems from choices that we both have made in the past to say, I'm willing to be vulnerable and give love to another man. Say, I'm willing to actually tell another man, I really appreciate you. Yeah. Which in society right now is, is, uh, is a rarity. Yeah. Honestly, there's this protect, this wall of, uh, we can talk about women at a different time, but like among men, there's a wall of being willing to show our hearts to each other. And I'm not even going to take that on for myself. There's a wall that many men have yeah. around showing their hearts to each other. And, so tying this all together, it's like we, we become aware of that. Maybe this podcast, as you're listening to this right now, you're like, wow, 
I don't do that in my life. I don't acknowledge men in my life. And why don't I do that? Start to think about that. Ask why. Okay, great. Why don't I do that? Because my dad never showed it to me. Great. Do I want that to be how I live my life? No. Awesome. What's an action I can take to choose something different now that I have that awareness? I could just send a text to one of my male friends and say, hey, man, I was just thinking about you and I really appreciate our friendship. Boom. Done. Dude, you've essentially like gotten so curious about yourself. Like you've, you've cultivated this amazing curiosity about like the choices you make, the things you do, the way you feel, the way you make other people feel. How does, why do you think curiosity as a concept allows, like is so energetic? Because curiosity is love. Curiosity is love. What are you saying when you're curious? You're saying, I want to know more mm. because I'm, I'm interested. I love that. Like, I want to know, I want more of that. Curiosity is love. So the frequency of curiosity, the frequency of it is, is um, if you're leading with curiosity, then you're leading with love. Mm. And you're following something that excites you and that excitement. The thing, the thing that's so, the only thing that separates me in any way from like anyone who's else out there, right, who may not have th th this level of awareness is simply um, my, my, my willingness to follow the curiosity. That's it. Like I could outline like talking, talking about when I work with clients, right? Like I break down manifestation into an algorithm. I talk about, about uh, the, the mechanics with which reality is being created and which this internal, and you can get a sense of that in this conversation. Like this is like a touch point that, that isn't even, like there's so many layers to it. There's a multidimensionality to life. Yeah. And that started with me getting curious. Yeah. That's it. And just pursuing that. What makes you so curious? Hmm. I don't know. I think part of that is definitely my nature, right? Like inherently who I'm meant to be on this planet, who I came here to be. And I think that um, I, I'm, I don't believe that there's a ceiling to how good life can get. I don't believe that there's a limit to the amount of love I can feel. And I have seen in my own life this classically conditioned pattern that as I dive into curiosity and as I choose more love for myself and as I trust my intuition more, life becomes more beautiful. I experience more love. And that's classically conditioned me like Pavlov's dogs, right? Like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm curious about that. I should, I'm going to go there. Or, ooh, I feel this trigger in my system or this, this fear, this lack of love that I'm feeling. Let me, let me explore that because I know as I explore that, on the other side of that is this. Let me dive into that. Last night, what we referenced, like what you found so brave, is I've never before gone on stage and not known what I'm going to say without at least bullet points. Yeah. But I got on stage completely without anything other than one topic, which was art. And I decided that I was also going to freestyle a poem on the spot. And I've never done that before. But what happened was I woke up that morning 
I told you yesterday morning I woke up, I was in, I was having a process. I cried. I released. I allowed myself space. And then I thought about the event and I thought about, okay, I'm going to be in a room full of influencers. I'm going to be in a room full of people who have more social media followers, have more successful businesses, who, like all of these things. What, what could I offer them? Like, what is the thing that, that they actually could use and want to hear? And what I landed on while I was meditating was um, vulnerability. Because I believe that that, that trans, it, doesn't, it, it breaks down any sort of measurement that we have. When you see, it doesn't matter if someone's homeless. It doesn't matter if someone's wealthy. Like if they're being authentically vulnerable, raw, and real with you, you feel it. There's a frequency to it. And so I said, what is the most vulnerable thing I can get up on that stage and do? You know what's beautiful about what you just said? You just got so curious about how I can make someone else's day. Mm. That's essentially what you did. You just said, I'm going to be in a room with a bunch of people with all of these accolades. How can I add value to them? And you got curious about that. You got curious about how you can show up so that love can frequent, like love can be a frequency that people pick up. Mm. That is like such a powerful concept. And you lead with curiosity and you, man, I, I, I love you. <laughs> you are just amazing. It, it makes, you, it makes me, it makes me so happy, um, to see you dance like this. Um, where and why do you think passion, curiosity, like what are the other words for this love frequency that we can enlighten and tie back to this, this amazing way of being? You know, we have appreciation, gratitude, compassion, uh, honesty, authenticity, vulnerability, uh, beauty, truth, laughter, joy, bliss, fun, play. There are so many words that are the flowers growing on the tree of love. And we experience the frequency of an individual in a moment of compassion or vulnerability or, or truth or whatever it is. And in that moment, we're tasting love. And as we get that in our experience, we're reminded that love is all there is. We're reminded of a truth of a place that we came from, that we will go back to, that feels like home. And that is why in every single way it, that I can ever envision it in any timeline ever, love will win. Love will always win because that's all there is. Fear doesn't exist. We talked about this on my podcast. Fear does not exist. Fear is a lack of love on a spectrum of love. And so no matter the deepest, darkest recesses of where you think there is absolutely no love, it's still being evaluated on a spectrum of love. And so there is no darkness that is so dark that love isn't there present still. Hmm. And I want to go back to that conversation we had 
you asked me um, if you could change the if you could rephrase fear as a compass, how would you do it? I think after this conversation, I have a different answer. Hmm. Um, the way I would rephrase it is replace the word fear with curiosity. Mm. Curiosity is I the agree. compass. Curiosity. And so here's the next part. Can you get curious about what you feel as fear? Yes. That is the, because, you know, fear is just an energy form. It's energy in motion. Mm-hmm. It is. And, or if the word fear, I mean, we can call it what we want to call it, yeah. lack of love, but it's, it's, it's energy in motion. If you can get curious about something that terrifies you, if you can get curious about something that it's like, oh my gosh. And, and now all of a sudden that energy form turns into potential excitement mm-hmm. and potential excitement is just another form, another feeling of joy, bliss, love, beauty, acceptance, happiness, all those different synonyms we used for love. And that, I think, is the most amazing compass that we can, we can have internally mm-hmm. to let us live a life we want. Yeah. One of the uh, sayings, the taglines of The Art of Choosing Love, the YouTube show that we have, is um, what does it look like to use love as a compass? So I love the fact that you're, you're, you're talking about that because curiosity is an act of love, in my opinion. It's an act of self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to, and to follow that. The, the biggest thing that I want people to, like my message, all that my message is because I don't believe there's a right way to live. I don't actually believe in any empirical truths. I believe that everyone, no matter what the action is that they're taking, is doing the best that they can in that situation. That's the best that they could do. They cheated on their wife. That's the best that they could do to find the love that they were seeking. What, they didn't have the tools. They didn't have the courage. They didn't have whatever it was. They, they weren't able to make a different choice to find the thing that they wanted or they, they're seeking. But they're doing the best they can with their current level of consciousness and their awareness. That's a very responsible way of looking. It's a, it's a very strong, I don't know the word for it, but I, I love that reframe hmm. because you're, you're, you're essentially practicing empathy and compassion for a situation that most people wouldn't. And I think that is a reflection of self-awareness. When, when, when you're aware of these these additional choices that we can make when you have awareness, you start to see the poor choices or quote unquote poor choices that people make by society's standards. And you start to recognize that these choices aren't made because they are inherently bad people or it, it, these choices are made just because they don't have the awareness to get what they need in that present situation. I think that evil exists. I do think that evil exists. And I think that evil is acting out of love for itself. Meaning mm. evil is like, like evil as the, let's talk about it from more conceptual evil being something that an evil being would be someone that actually thrives on pain and shadow and discomfort and hate and, and lower vibrational frequencies that shadow is still seeking, that evil is still seeking how it can love itself by giving itself those frequencies. So, like, 
I, I just believe that even evil is doing the best it can to love itself. That's so, that's, that changes the whole relationship with just the world. Mm -hmm. When you start to believe these concepts and these things, you view the world. I guess now I understand why you operate the way you operate. And it, and it fascinates me and I'm humbled and inspired because it's it's amazing when you take something seemingly like such a negative concept like evil and then you look at it and say evil is just acting out of self-love like even putting that frame and that context to something that people would seemingly brush off is 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 so humbling um how have you seen that that reframe actually manifest in your life when you start to look at evil when you start to look at these negative situations or these things through the lens of, okay, it's just acting out of self-love, how has that actually shown up in your life moving forward? Compassion. Yeah. The biggest way that shows up is um, the amount of compassion I'm able to hold for this planet and for the people on it, the people who are um, raping women, the people who are molesting children, the people who are cutting down the rainforest, the people who are... Um, doing things that trigger me. They upset me. I get upset about a number of these things. Um, and it allows me to have compassion. And because I can have compassion, I can make choices from an emotional state of love as opposed to an emotional reaction of anger. So what would that look like, a choice of love? A choice of love in, in, like, if I encountered... If you encountered somebody who was doing seemingly something emo, evil, like something you had just mentioned, mm -hmm. right? How would you view that relationship or that experience through the choice of love? The first thing I would do is want to understand them. So, meaning, I, someone rapes... Like, let's say someone rapes someone I love... I'm going to have an entire process around that. And I want to make sure that I'm speaking from a place of I haven't experienced this personally. And so this is still conceptual. And so for anyone who's been in this experience, I do not want to downplay. And I'm not even going to pretend like there might not be a part of me that is not yet the person who could get to where I'm saying I want to get to. Yeah. Right? So I, I acknowledge all of that. And what I do believe about myself is that I could get here. And I guess I would, I would, I believe that I would get to a place where I could sit in front of that person and say, tell me your story. Help me understand how you got to the place where you did this. I want to hear you. I want to hear you so I can see how this was an act of love for yourself. And the only way that I could show up and do that is if I allowed myself the space, it might be days, it might be weeks, it might be years, to process the emotion out of my system like we've been talking about so that I didn't show up in front of that person holding hate in my heart. Mm. And that's a process that doesn't actually involve the other person. Yeah, That has nothing to do with them. The, whether or not I choose to hold hate in my heart is my decision. So it actually has nothing to do with them. And so once I can process that out and get to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't hate you. I don't, I maybe haven't necessarily gotten to the place where I, I fully 
can love you in the way that I want to, but that's what this conversation now is. This conversation is me getting to understand why you did what you did and how you wound up there because something someone said to me a long time ago, which has stuck with me, is I like to walk through the world and think that if I was that person and grew up in the same environment and had all the same experiences, I would have done the same thing. So that puts us on, a, on an even playing field where it's not like I'm inherently better than you and I wouldn't make that decision. It's me saying you, having gone through what you've gone through, got to a place where that's the best decision you could have made for yourself. Great. If I think that in your spot, I would have done the same thing with the same history and the same all of that, there's no hierarchy here. And so really it's a matter of me understanding how did you get here? How did that happen? How do you forgive even if you know that? Like when you're experiencing, I guess that's, I'm trying to, I've not been in that situation myself, so I can't even fathom forgiveness in that moment. Mm. Um, Would understanding make you forgive or would it just make you accept? So when I was five years old, I was molested. It's one of the few things, this is actually the second time I'll have ever spoken about it publicly. Uh, at Donet's event in Denver, uh, about 10 days ago, was the first time I ever spoke about it publicly. And even in this moment, I was like, Do I, is this where I go with this? And I'm saying that because there are people who will listen to this who have been through something incredibly traumatic, who will feel like they don't get it. I don't know how hard it is to forgive, but I do. I was molested when I was five, and I didn't remember that until I was almost 31. So I'm 33 now. So the last two years, two and a half years, have been a process of dealing, and and it's still a process. Like literally just spoke about it publicly. And after speaking about it publicly, I went back. I spoke at a room full of 1,500 women, told this because I knew I was speaking about forgiveness. That's actually what I was talking about. And I knew that these women did not want to hear about forgiveness from a man they felt didn't understand what it was like to be victimized by men, to be, to be unappreciated, to feel like their power was taken away by men but I was molested by a man. I know what it feels like to be victimized by a man, to feel like I can't trust men and to go on a journey of forgiveness around that. And I'm still in a process because after speaking about it, I went back to my hotel room and I cried for like an hour and I said, what did I just do? Like, what, why did I do that? Because it wasn't planned. And so what I can say to that is that everything I've talked about up until this point is what allows me to get to the place where I can forgive. The lens that I have where I view this gentleman and I say, whoa, how much pain he must have experienced in his life to be the person that would do that. How what he must have experienced as a kid, the unhappiness he must live in every day. Whoa. Like, yes, that happened to me, 
And in no way would I want to trade, like, position. Like, I can't even imagine the suffering that he experiences on a daily basis. And that drops me into a deep, there's not pity, but there's compassion. And in that compassion, I can find forgiveness. Dude, you're so brave. Like, I just want to honor you Mm. um, for a minute just because, um, I mean, this goes back to the reason I, I, I wanted to speak with you in the first place. And you just, man, you just wear your heart, your emotions, everything on your sleeve in such a brave way. And I just want you to know that. Um, that I appreciate you so much mm. for just dancing the way you do through life and, and and sharing aspects of yourself that give permission for others to forgive, accept, and and change the frequency that they're experiencing in their own lives. Thank you, man. And I just wanted to say that. Um, I receive. I receive. Thank man, you. you <laughs> this has been probably like just one of the most amazing conversations um, Adam, man, uh, if if anybody in my tribe wants to to tango with you, learn more about what you do, um, where you, where you are, what you're creating, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, this has been a great great conversation. I've really enjoyed both of them. The one we did yeah. on the Deep Dive podcast too. Um, yeah, if you want to follow me, there's a lot of online real estate out there. Uh, AdamRoa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com is a hub. The Art of Choosing Love.com is the hub for the show itself, which is I'm pouring all my energy into right now. Um, you can find my podcast, The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. That's on iTunes or SoundCloud or through your podcast app. And then I'm on um, the social medias, YouTube, uh, Facebook as Adam Roa. And then uh, Instagram, I put out a lot of like Insta stories, behind the scenes, uh, pictures and photos of the journey at, at Adam.roa. Beautiful, man. Um, so I've got one last question for you yeah. before we wrap up. Uh, in the midst of everything you've been through, everything you experience, everything you're continuing to experience and everything you're creating, how do you stay grounded? Uh, I'm going to have two answers to this. And one is meditation. Meditation to me is just about creating space, like creating space to just sit and be and, and focus your attention on just your breath or music or nature or whatever, but just creating the space to be. And that space allows for um, the awareness to come through mm-hmm. and then the awareness gives choice. So that's, that's huge. And then the other answer, which is newer, and I don't know if I've ever said it, but I've experienced it so much now making this show, is tribe. I stay grounded through the support um, of the people around me. And um, they show up for me when I don't know that I needed it. And they show up for me when I do know that I need it. And that definitely keeps me grounded. Mm, Beautiful, man. Well, Adam, I'm a huge fan. I love you. Um, Love you too, thank man. you so much for just showing up the way you have and continuing to show up the way you do throughout the, the way you dance in life. And um, I'm inspired. And I can't yeah. wait to just go live life at a, at a, at a fuller frequency. Yeah, so, and we're friends now. Yeah, we're dude. Yeah, we're, we we're friends. We get to hang, bro. <laughs> um, so anyways, guys, well, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. 
I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Adam. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.